Yo, yo, what's going on, y'all? What's hey, up, man? What's How's up? it going? Yeah, just pulling it, man. Just still getting used to the new area. Oh, uh, man, how's it going so far? It's been pretty It's been pretty productive, though, man. I can't front. I got a lot done in a short amount of time spent so far. This is day nine out here. So I just been getting a lot of building up my name out here in a little bit, but it's I'm realizing okay. different rules out here, so I'm kind of like, oh, all right. It just gives me like I almost feel like I'm back in Atlanta, honestly. Oh, uh -huh. so that's good. That's good. It's preparing. It's preparing you. You basically preparing. It's preparing you to go back. Yeah, in a sense, basically. That's what I'm kind of like. So you know what? You know, so nothing is you know, not expecting. Right, that part, and that's why I'm just like, okay, this is um. Yeah, it's definitely different to say the least. So that's why I don't really like. I'm not too too upset about it, but yeah, definitely, it's its own lane and everything. So I like it. I like it over here. It's decent. Would I want to live over here? I don't know about that. One. <laughs> Living is very so. It's temporary. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got you. Got you. Got you. We just waiting for the room to fill up, like you know, usual. Um, you send out the um the live to anybody yet yeah i've sent it out to quite i'm sending it out to a lot of people right now as we speak so i sent it out to at least 20 people right now all right all thank right. you thank you thank you once we're going to try to build up to at least about you know 10. all right um bet i'll definitely do that right now i'm sending out the invites as we speak gotcha. yeah how y'all been though i've been good you've been good Right. We got snow going on up here. Yeah, that's the oh only. I hate it. That's the only thing. <laughs> How many? Uh, y'all got feet or snow? Y'all got. Oh feet? yeah. Oh man. Everything is shutting down mostly. Dang, y'all shutting down off of snow, not a COVID. That's the crazy part. 
<laughs> on top of that. Right. Everything getting that oh, yeah, all the time. Oh man. You talk about one thing after another. Uh huh. I get that one though, but hopefully it's not too like hopefully y'all don't get it ain't too too bad. It'll everything will melt away come at least next Yeah, year. hopefully. So as long as I've been living here, I hate it. I hate the snow. <laughs> How long you been living there? All my life. Oh, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing about that New York snow, man. I was like, nah, man. All my life. Basically. Yeah, I can't do that New York snow, man. Y'all got that. I'll come out there in the uh, fall, maybe one summertime. But winter? Nah, you got to stay in the <laughs> northern states. That's too much for me. Oh, yeah. Shoot. I think. I'm trying. You're still out in Oregon? No, that's what he said he moved. Oh, oh yeah. He's a he's adapting to the new place right now. Yeah. Oh. But he said temporary. Yeah, it's temporary, and then I don't know. I haven't really decided where I really want to live at. It's uh, four options right now, so I'm kind of like trying to just figure it. Really, I'm really trying to just base it off of like what I want to be able to do mm -hmm. for real, and the produce. And it's tough right now because COVID is really playing a huge factor into it. Like I'm not going to lie and say that it's not. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's definitely playing a huge factor right now. So that's one kind of like, mm. and it sucks because you can't really, you don't really know with how this is playing out because it seems like it's on day to day with everything. So, yeah. it, oh yeah, I invited quite a few people, so people are tuning in. Oh right, on. yeah. What's up, everybody? Thank y'all yeah. for coming in and tuning in. We about to get this show started right now. Right on. <laughs> Right on, right on. <laughs> Thank you for joining Reach the Top Podcast. I am your host, The Gift, and this is... And I'm Mima Sanders. Thanks for joining me. And tonight, we have a guest once again. Tell them who you are, bro. Yo, everybody, man, it's Cruiser Your Mesh, and I'm back to be back on here again, man. Uh, we we did magic, and I've been t uh, tuning into every interview, man, so I'm just glad to be a back a, re a returning guest for for, for y'all, man. So Salute, bro. Salute. Definitely. We've seen you always, you know, supporting us, yes, bro. One of our biggest supporters. Swag. Much Definitely. man. Y'all the same way on this end, too. Y'all one of my biggest supporters, man, so much love to y'all. No doubt. You. No doubt. So... We want to say welcome back. Appreciate it. And so for the people who haven't seen episode one yet, please give them a little bit of your background and what you do. So for those that don't know, I'm a music producer. I got quite a bit of work out about me, man. Um, dropped my most recent two projects, Cruising 64 and Lo-Fi Cruising 2, which are doing really successful. I worked with Shoreline Mafia, Hot Boy Turk, Lil Davy. I got a good amount of names on the resume. Radio host too, so uh, on Firewalker Radio, and I just been building up my name and just, you know, it's just that's a lot more to it, man. You gotta check out episode one because I dropped a good amount. So that's a brief summary. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Have you got a chance? To rewatch the whole episode? Yeah, I watched all four of them. I loved, I loved it. So it was really cool. I showed it to a good amount of people too, and everyone really um, liked it because a lot of people was like, "Yo, man, we didn't really know much about you like that." So, and a lot of people who I've been meeting new across, they're like, "Yo, this is a good 
build up. So that was like, this is actual storyline because everybody was like, Cruz, you don't really talk about yourself like that. It's always just music or you might like an occasional joke, but we don't really get to know. Mm -hmm. It was like, a, um, you, got to, you got to see it, the other side of you. Yeah, right. I mean, they got to see the story. They said, Sean nephew, Carmelo Anthony. Yep, he comes. Oh, that's my dog. Salute. That's my dog I'm doing space running with. So that's my bro. Uh, yeah, so that's my bro, man. So, Dev, he'll be a great interview for y'all to get on here, too. You, I mean, I mean, I mean, you the connector. Okay. You know, you know, you know, make it happen. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I'm going uh, to, I sent him the video, so, because I know he's, uh, it's like eight hour difference and everything over there. So, it's probably might, yeah, yeah, yeah. he probably might be speak by now. All right, so speaking of ep like ep like you know episode one, what did you find like most interesting, or did I ask that already? Uh, no, nah, you didn't ask that one. What I found most okay. interesting was hmm, episode one was really just getting to know who I am and everything because there's a lot of story that a lot of people don't know. A lot of people might know about me by my um, like I feel like. It's 2020, about to be 2021. We might as well say that. Um, a lot of people only know me from 2016, like maybe like 2017 to like 20 to like the present, but no one really remembers like 2012, before 2013. Yeah, whole come up or what I what I was really doing. So I was able to really go in depth about that. So I feel like that was the most interesting part of it. And everybody was like, "Yo, like you." Like you actually like most people thought I've been doing this for like three or four years. I was like, nah, bro, you like almost a decade in. You put in, you put in that yeah, the time. Yeah, you put in the time. Definitely. So that's probably been the most interesting part. And the question that you guys asked was, you guys really asked really great questions. So that was kind of like the biggest takeaway from from episode one that I really liked too. And everyone was like, yo, you dropped a whole lot of knowledge on them, man. So I'm like, I'm just doing what I can, just telling my story, you know. Yo, yeah, episode one was. Definitely, you know, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was great. It was, it was a mix of everything. Your story, you had, you know, um, some comic relief in it. You had some, you know, um, struggle, which you had to struggle with, and you know, things that the, you know, people could learn from, and you know, a lot of knowledge. Like, like you said, there was a lot of knowledge also that you was given a lot of jewels and stuff like that. That's why we also. Would love you, you know, for you to stay on the show with us because you give off, you know, a lot of game and knowledge to the, you know, upcoming artists and producers. Most definitely, man. I, like I said, I, I was like, I'm always down to come on it, man. You know, I, I'll, I, even though I'm a pretty busy dude, I'll, I'll make definitely time to always appear on here whenever I can, especially for y'all, man. So, and plus, we, we've been, we've been, we've been connected for a minute. So, anytime y'all want to do an interview or do something, I'm your man. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, so what you've been up to since the last time we spoke to you? Whew. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, I got a magazine, got a few spotlight articles. I got four publications and two magazine spotlight articles written about me. Uh, scored some TV placements. Working with some company, like some actual uh, technology technical companies. Uh. I don't. I can't really give too much information about it. Just on the sheer fact, mm -hmm. I don't really know much about them personally. Working mm -hmm. with them, 
Uh, I've really been big on sync licensing, which has been my thing all year. But really, the sync game just really just been turning up for me. Um, Spotify, just figuring out, getting my name out there and building up a, a core Spotify uh, fan base. Yeah. It's, I scored some big placements, too, on some music stuff, too, that I can't say. And uh, I don't I don't want to jinx it I got three pretty big placements coming out so far. And one of the most okay. titles who I always listened to growing up as a kid. So that's pretty that – that one probably hit home for me. And then just moved to the new location. Uh, it's different. Like, I moved out of Oregon. And I've just been just yeah. in the head ever since I came out here. Like, the first day I've had – Least since I've been out here, I've had like been out here for nine days now. I had seven business phone calls, like seven business meetings and everything. So I'm kind of like, damn, you've been working. Yeah, and it's like I wanted, and it was crazy. I was like, man, I just want to have like three days and kind of like let me just chill a little bit, but just so that way I could kind of like restructure my body and everything and let me cool. used to uh, states and everything. But I've not had the time to do that. But I told myself this weekend I'm going to do that. So. But just gotcha. hitting the nose head, head on head on it though. So I've just been grinding and doing a lot of producer collabs too. So a lot of work. That's what's oh, up. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you meant you mentioned releasing a new project. Mm -hmm. What is yeah. the name? What is the name of it? Oh, uh, it's called Low Far Cruising too. And it's and the crazy thing about me is I'm not really the type of I don't really believe in sequels per per se because you always gonna have like a rift between when you do like a series and everything but i was like um i've had like a i got a very unique fan base being a producer and a lot of yeah. and it's crazy i got more requests about another lo-fi project than i actually did with cruiser 64 and like and i built up hype for that but everybody was like yo man and like with lo-fi cruising the first one i just put it out there and I don't know. I got like a very unique cult following for it, and everybody like. I remember Cruiser sixty four drop. I'm talking like the first two days. Everybody like, yo, Cruiser sixty four is cool, man. But when's Low Far Cruising two coming out? I'm like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to drop that on everybody on December third. It's out on all, all platforms, and it's skyrocketing. Like it's a, it's been out for about two weeks now, and the fact that like the reaction behind it is very wild because. Even though Cruiser 64 is doing great, Lo-Fi yeah. 2 is doing a lot better than Cruiser 64 did in two weeks. Because Cruiser 64... Okay, okay, okay. Is I mean, I mean, it's probably because you already, you know, started heating up. So now that, you know, you're catching on fire, maybe maybe that's what you, you know? Yeah, that's... that's you're gearing up for it. a successful project. Yeah, definitely. Another one. Just following up with it, and that's why I'm like, yeah, if I drop between Synergy, Cruising 64, and Lo-Fi Cruising 2, I'm like, y'all ain't getting no more projects off of me on Spotify. <laughs> you got to wait till February, until Space Ronin dropping, and after that, then we'll figure out what happens, but yeah. Okay, okay, so February is the next the next release? Uh, maybe. I mean, to be honest, now that I think, I'm really thinking about it now since... My birthday, November twenty eighth. I've had uh, Ray OTS. He drops uh, a new project called Four, and I got three songs on off of there. Um, my dog uh, Neff Nizzle. He dropped two uh, beat tapes, and I got um, a few instrumental collabs off of his instrumentals as well. 
So okay. I've been having stuff drop, but like far as like what I'm dropping personally, uh, Space Ronin is the that's the main focus. Uh, I got Scales. I got Scales doing some work with him. We're coming out in 2021. Uh, the BT project coming out in 2021 as well. I have I got at least like ten projects coming out like in 2021. So I'm not even like I don't know. But far as what I'm dropping personally. Like space rolling is my focus. The next new drop, I should say. Okay, okay. Right. So you hear people be on the lookout, and also go to Spotify. He got the new project, and he said it's going crazy. Don't you know? Don't be the last to listen. Facts. Don't be the last to listen, man. You ain't. You might not be the first, but don't be the last. <laughs> <laughs> so. Tonight's show, we want to give, you know, game tips, you know, things of that nature for the people who, you know, do music. Right on. And also, you know, manage or, you know, have a brand they want to, like, you know, grow. Right. So let's start with music. Artists and producers. For an artist, in our previous show together, you said that you'd rather rappers drop two music videos instead of a project or multiple singles back to back. Can you explain why for the viewers? I say that because you get to have um, emotional feeling and you get to have, see like a physical connection with who the brand is. You get to see who the artist is as a person. You get to see what the, um, the voice, you get to see the uh, body behind the voice. And we have two videos like that. Videos are always stronger stories than just dropping singles. Like if you drop two single two videos, this, to me that has more weight than just dropping a single, especially if you're not promoting it or putting effort into it. A music video shows that hey, I'm caring enough to give more into my story than than actual just putting out a song. Because I don't know, this is my opinion. Like anybody can make a song good, sound good. But if you have a good video, it has to be like, you know, it hasn't to be a hype Williams or anything, but if it's just a video with, mm -hmm. with quality lyrics, it's going to carry you longer down the road because a video shows more in depth and it takes you up to the next level of who you are as an artist. So I would say, I always try to tell artists, just find you like two videos of songs that you rock with, build up your video catalog, because the song's going to be there, especially if you're consistently on your stuff. So I say that, and also because artists too, it's just like, you know, the more videos you have, you could see physical growth. Like, yeah, your music's gonna grow over time, but if you're presenting a good catalog on quality music, you're fine. And most videographers are willing to work with people, but it's just more and more people got to, what's the word, what's the word I wanna say? Just don't know how to go about a good video. Because having a good video is really hard to find. And creating a good storyline with a good video is more complex to do it. So it's more work into it, but it's pay off longer run than just putting out singles. That's why I think about it, at least. Got you. Got you. That was, that was a pretty dope answer. Thank you. So you also mentioned doing the YouTube producer style of releasing beats. Mm-hmm. And we recall you saying you didn't like the saturation of it. Yeah. Can you please break down to the viewers why that can be an issue? That's an issue to me because it's like the way YouTube is, 
YouTube is yeah. the easiest, and it's still, and it's kind of ironic of how, to me, YouTube is always is the easiest. Like it's easier than SoundCloud to upload your music. You could have you don't have to have a decent uh, audio clip. You could just upload it, and that's and just let it be. So it's more easier to it. So that in itself, if it's the, done the wrong way, it's saturated. If it's done the wrong way, and it gets everyone, there's no gatekeeper. And the reason why I said for producing it's saturated is because it's just tight beats usually. And I'm not knocking the tight beats. Like if that's what you do, by all means, go for it. But I think when it comes to the beats and to the producer side of it, YouTube, I don't like it though because I've noticed that people who've had success with the beats, they upload every day, like one beat a day. And what that does, in my opinion, is like you're not even giving value to what's already out because you're just trying to keep up with what's new. And then every music trends always change too. And that's the thing with tight beats that I've learned from when I was doing it. I'm like, you gotta really watch who's the top 40 and make a beat based off of that and if you don't already listen to that artist it's almost kind of like tricky because you might not really know what to do so with me i was like i'm gonna stay away from that because that's never been my lane am i a producer yeah but i'm not an internet producer per se that's not my strong suit could i make it to a strong suit yeah but the way i built up my career that never been who i was like even when i was like building up my name i was just never like out there just hey yo check out my youtube here's my beats and plus it's so easy to steal beats off of youtube there's so many mp3 converters from youtube to mp3 i'm like i'm good off of that so i'd rather just you know if you like far as me and youtube if you want to do if i was to do a beat i'll probably just post like a 20 second snippet and that's it okay yeah yeah a little promo yeah but it's just like i mean i, I understand the youtube beats don't get me wrong and like, if you want to go the YouTube route, do it, but you just really got to be careful with it. And it's just, it's a lot of into it. And you got to do, uh, you got to know how to run Google ads. You got to know keywords. You got to know the um, trending words that's, that's going in. And that's why I just like, I'm not, like, that's too much work just for not enough clicks and everything. And then not to mention, once you put money involved into it too, it's more like when I did it, that's why yeah. I've lost ever in my in my career. I I put like at least two hundred video two hundred dollars into it, and it's just short. And I've only made back like eighty. And this is like, granted, that I do it. The yeah, yeah. I knew I was going to lose something, but the fact that I put yeah. that much into it and I lost that much, I was like, yeah, this ain't this ain't it. it ain't worth it. <laughs> yeah, it ain't worth it. You could you could deal without it. Yeah. So I was like, I'm better off. I'm better off just putting out some beats. Letting the streams run up and be cool. And not even to go off topic, uh, talking about the YouTube producers, right? Um, For example, you said they upload at least one a day, right? Most of them. There's people who talk to. Yeah, upload like five. Like, yeah, like they go crazy. Yeah. They go crazy. They upload three to five beats a day. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're, I don't know, because if you, if you look at it from a different aspect, if their page is monetized, then they're just trying to juice. They're just trying to, you know, run it up as much as they can because that's probably how they, you know, will ever see some money. Mm -hmm. Per se, I guess then, I guess they don't go about um, putting it on different platforms. And I don't know how, you know? Yeah, but that's real. 
but I'm I'm guessing like for the ones who's not monetized and and you're just dropping all these videos, then like what do they really benefit from like besides like a little bit of exposure here and there? I think you could get the benefits off of um. It depends on how you really go about it too, because I know some producers that uh, have gotten um jingles off of the, off of like uploading beats every day, and and I just be like, man, they really um. They doing it, and when it comes to the, to that side of production, uh, like far as like yeah. YouTube, I just I like if, and it's weird because you got to get like a certain amount of numbers of subscribers to really get your stuff monetized. So yeah, and then like the way YouTube is always changing up their policy, especially since like twenty sixteen, it seems like they they change stuff up every eight months. So I'm like, y'all off that? That's too much consistent. That's too much changing. You're not letting that a system process to go. But if you monetize, even doing the monetization, though, it's like you got to have a certain amount of views before you really start seeing the money, money for real. And that's why I just I'm not messing with it, per se. Like me personally, I don't I don't knock it. But I can like from your standpoint, like I definitely see that, though. like, you know, you want to juice it up. But if you're not getting at least shoot, that's kind of hard to say, like, what, what what's your view count, you know? And it's like, if you're not having artists hit you up about a, a specific beat, like 10 artists, you know, yeah. pay on per beat. If you could do that, like at least if you can make, so, so at least for 50 to 10 artists, that's $500 come up. And then not to mention you get the plays on the click, you know, that's mm -hmm. income. But realistically, a lot of producers maybe get like 200 views, 300, not bad. Maybe might have sold the beat three or four times. Probably put in like fifty dollars per yeah. post. You made ten bucks off of straining yourself. Not my. <laughs> <laughs> so that's real. That's real. Oh man. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is why we had. This is what they need to hear. Right. What they need to hear is it, it became a little concern. Like I had to throw that in there because I I remember you mentioning it. And I'm like, yeah. Nah, the ones who's not even monetized and stuff like that. But like you said, it depends on your situation, how, I guess, who comes across it. True. You could get jingles and you could get music placements. Who knows? Who knows? Right. Who knows? That's the thing, man. The music, you never know who's really listening to music. So and that's another thing, too, about with the tight beats. Like, you really got to watch, like, certain things that they do. Like, if you're going to do the tight beats thing, so I tell producers, like, Look up, I forgot the name of the website, but there's certain songs you could look up and when it comes to like an instrumental, like the song of it, and you could look up what keys everything is and like where's the major or minor scale. If you look mm -hmm. up on a beat, you can figure out what scale they're in and that will help you out tremendously. So I always tell producers, if you're gonna do that, do I recommend the type B strategy? If you know how, if you're a good salesman, you can do it. Okay. But if you're not, willing to put in that much groundwork into it and you don't know how to um, go about making the actual beats in that uh, chord or the um, major notes, don't do it yeah. because you're going to make some, it's, it might be actually a good beat, but when you put that, that misrepresentation in, in a labeling of a beat, you're going to mess yourself up. So keep that in mind. And also don't, I've seen this happen too many times to talking to artists or sign labels don't name your actual beat the tight beat only have that for like a YouTube name 
Because most artists, well, most producers will send like so-and-so type beat, you know, and they'll send it to like these big name labels or A&Rs or whatever. And if most label executives, if they see that, they're not playing the beat because they don't, but you might, to them, you might have stole the beat. So you got to keep that in mind. That's, that's good information. Shout outs to all the new viewers coming in. Thank y'all for tuning in. This is Cruiser. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. He pretty much answer what I was gonna ask. <laughs> so, Susa, when it comes to business, right? Mm -hmm. So, like business and music brands, do you have any advice for people who are just getting their feet wet but don't like know how to market themselves? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I know! I know this all too well. That I know this all too well, man. Um, as far as marketing yourself, so this is how I look. I I break down marketing and branding pretty simple. Like everyone looks when you when people hear marketing and branding is just like it's like a big shadow, like a high, it's like a school bully. Everyone gets uh, threatened by it, and I'm like, yo, this is not nothing too complicated. I always tell people when it comes to brand. Think about three things you like to do. Think about what things you like to do, what you like to wear, and where do you envision yourself being located at. Apply that to music. Pretty simple, like straightforward. And and try to envision your fans. Like what do they what where do you want to hear your music listening to? For instance, if your music is more turn up, try to picture your music in the club or working out. Because you know, people want to go there to get motivated.